All right, glad you're with us. Wow, what a news day this is. The Justice Department dropping their case against General Flynn, exposing Russiagate as a complete and utter fraud. This on the heels of the scope memo that had been sent to Mueller's team and the timeline associated with that is so repugnant that it makes your head spin. Um, we're going to get into all of the details of this. Uh, Adam Schiff is about to have what is the equivalent of a document dump bomb be dropped right on his head, and he will be exposed as the corrupt, compromised, congenital liar that we identified back a long time ago. All of this, I'm going to give you all the details, every angle of this. We got COVID madness around the country. Thank God. This woman, the salon owner in, in Texas, the court has stepped in there, the Supreme Court of Texas, after the attorney general, the governor, the lieutenant governor have all stepped up to defend her. Um, the judge in this case was atrocious. I hope not elected again. We'll get to that today. Got to give a, a shout out to our, uh, our a member of our team, Blair. And uh, by the way, uh, he just had, and he and his wife had a beautiful baby, Paige Oliver, born this morning, eight pounds, three ounces. Everybody's happy, Olivia. healthy, doing well. Uh, Olivia, by the way, Paige Olivia is the name. And by the way, born a month early, eight pounds, three ounces. Woof, that's a big kid. Um, all right, let me, let me, um, I also want to just take a moment. Somebody who's very kind to me all throughout my radio career is a guy who passed away. Uh, Barry Farber. Um, he spoke he spoke like 40,000 languages. He's in heaven now. Now, any language in the history of mankind, he's speaking and he learned instantaneously. Uh, 90 years old, still doing radio till the day before he passed away. And he he when I when you hear me, I you hear me quote him. I said, there's never been a country that has accumulated more power and abused it less than this country. That's Barry Farber's line. I give him attribution every time I add my little thing, which is no country's accumulated more power and not only abused it less, but used it for the advancement of the human condition um, than than America. Um, he was a patriot. He was he was one of the great pioneers of talk radio. He took an interest in me when I was in Huntsville, Alabama. And he came in once for the station I was at at the time and did an event with us. He let me fill in on his national show. Um, he he was just the kindest, nicest guy you'd ever want to meet in, in radio. And he will be missed. He's got his family surviving him, his daughters and loved ones. And we send our prayers out to them today. Um, but I, I just, I, one of the reasons I wanted to do this is him. I listened at night, late night. I remember he said, go get a map of the world. And I go get my globe. And he'd talk all about the, the former Soviet Union and history, World War II and expansion and, and a country called Albania. He often talked about that and all the languages he spoke. I got an education, but I also got a love of radio. My parents would come in, shut that thing off. I'd say, okay. Then I'd hear my father. He used to pound the pavement. The whole house shook when he walked. He'd go back in his room and I'd turn the radio back on. Uh, just a little lower this time. Um, Godspeed, good and faithful servant, Barry Farber. You'll be missed uh, in more ways than you will know. Um, he made a lot of this happen for me in my life by inspiring me. 
Uh, let me get to the case. Let me let me tell you, I, I want to first slow everybody down. There is a technicality to this, and I'm not trying to be Debbie Downer here in any way, but we have to pay attention to it. And it's important to note here that the judge still has to approve this motion to dismiss. But it looks like General Flynn, after, well, this is now three and a half years of his life. This is the fourth day of the Trump administration, January 24th. But even before that, they were after General Flynn. He's lost his home. They threatened to put his son in jail. He fell on the sword. He ran out of money. He went bankrupt. Now we find out that his first lawyers, oh, we lost thousands of pay. How did that ever happen? But all of this information was available. Let me first give praise where it must go. All of this seems to point in the direction of an attorney general. And by the way, in part, the inspector general Horowitz, but the attorney general and his decision to get justice. We saw last week, wow, what, what do we want, an admission? Do we want to get him to lie so then we can pr- prosecute him or get him fired? I'm like, that should never be on the lips of any FBI agent, special agent. Um, there has to be accountability in all of this. The mob in the media, wow. How wrong could they be? Do you think they ever gave a 33-year veteran of the United States of America that put his life on on the line for his country the benefit of the doubt? No. Nope. You had nothing but nonstop, unfair, brutally unfair attacks and leaks all over fake news, CNN, MSDNC, the New York Toilet Paper Times, the Washington Compost, all of them. They never gave him a second of presumption of innocence. Never. And all to bludgeon Trump. It has been a never ending, just like the, the tr- nothing Trump does will ever be satisfactory in their eyes. Bottom line is they have now justice is we're at the precipice of this. I would hope Judge Sullivan goes along with this. I assume he will because the Justice Department just announced they were dropping the case against General Flynn. In other words, the guilty plea was the only conviction that Robert Mueller managed to obtain that was even remotely connected to Russia. Remember, go back in the Flynn case. They, the people didn't think he lied. The agents, one of them struck. They didn't think he was being deceptive. This is after, let's see, uh, the fourth day of the Trump administration that General Flynn hears the FBI is coming over. He calls McCabe, the deputy FBI director. Do I need a lawyer? Oh, no, you don't need a lawyer. You got Comey bragging on tape. I sent them in. I took advantage of the chaos, something I wouldn't try or get away with in prior administrations, meaning he'd have to work with the White House counsel. They set him up. And now we have the evidence that they set him up. They must be held accountable. This is not a game, what they've done here. These are people's lives. Yes, I'm happy for General Flynn. He's lost nearly four years of his life. He's gone bankrupt. And he had, they again, they didn't think he lied, then made him lie. Otherwise, they were going to go after his son. Now, you might say, well, he shouldn't have lied and signed the paper. To be honest, uh, I love him more for the fact that he did that because he, uh, are, you mean you're going to put my son in jail? 
What father wouldn't dive on the sword for his own kid? And that's what he did. He knew he didn't lie. They knew he didn't lie. They make him admit, they make him lie and admit to lying that they didn't even think he was doing. So by dropping this, the case is now overwhelming, incontrovertible, the amount of corruption, the abuse of power, and this is only the tip of the iceberg. You know, people would ask me, when is justice coming? And I didn't have the answer because it was getting more frustrating to me by the day, at times even beginning to doubt that we'd get where we are. This, I'm telling you, I know. This is, they're going to be held accountable. And General Flynn, I hope he has a big, long list for Sidney Powell of all the people that knowingly took away his freedom, his civil liberties, his constitutional rights, starting with Comey and McCabe and and Strzok and Page and everybody else involved in this. It is, this is not the stuff of the United States of America. This is not the stuff of the rule of law, equal application of laws. Um, none of that is, is happening here, equal justice under the law. And now we see that the Mueller's lead prosecutor in this case, a guy by the name of Brandon Van Grack, Justice uh, Department prosecutor, former member of uh, Robert Mueller's team, no longer a member of the team handling the case of Flynn, but no explanation given for Van Grack's abrupt withdrawal from the case, which came in a brief filing with the court. But apparently uh, this removal came days after the, well, what we were telling you about the unsealed evidence documenting the FBI's efforts to specifically target this man and set him up for a perjury trap. And it is the most repulsive, disgusting abuse of power. That's why I say the 1% that abuse their power. And let me tell you something else that's about to happen. I thought it was going to happen today. It looks like it's going to happen tomorrow. Adam Schiff's day of reckoning, the corrupt congenital liar, compromised congenital liar. Transcripts of the House Intel Committee interviews have been cleared for release uh, thanks to Rick Grinnell. And by the way, 53 transcripts that have been approved for release, including interviews, let's see, with former director of national intelligence Clapper, former attorney general Lynch, former ambassador to the United Nations, Samantha Power, former FBI director McCabe, former national security advisor, Susan Rice, former deputy attorney general, Sally Yates, former Obama advisor, Ben Rhodes, former Obama uh, counselor, Hillary Clinton campaign manager, John Podesta. Source familiar with the transcripts, They're telling me these witnesses were asked whether they had evidence that Trump himself or the Trump campaign conspired, colluded or coordinated with Russia during the 2016 election. I want to know how high up this goes. In other words, the transcripts will show a total lack of evidence and we will be able to put Schiff's timeline together. What he was telling the public, the lies he was was telling every day over there at Roswell, Rachel Maddow's MSDNC and fake news CNN. But it proves more than anything else that if this country is to survive, this great democratic republic is to survive, these people that were involved in protecting Hillary, you know, I went through this long laundry list yesterday on the program because I'm worried about the future of this country. I really am. 
You know, because of, there's there is, as I survey this landscape, the lying, the hypocrisy, it is psychotic. It's dangerous to the country. The truth is a lie. The lie is the truth. You know, some people would rather see a president fail uh, to protect and help Americans and, and watch the economy collapse rather than put differences aside for the good of the country during a national emergency. Nothing Donald Trump ever does is good. Everything, you know, the screw up Cuomo and de Blasio do is just great. You know, the, the impeach Trump or the quid pro quo, but you ignore Joe. Well, that would be hypocrisy. Russian interference matters, but not if it's Hillary Clinton's bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier. Uh, we now know as Russian disinformation. Obstruction matters, but not Hillary's deleted subpoenaed emails and bleach bit and hammers. That doesn't matter. All the I believers, I believe, I believe, but you don't believe the Biden accuser with witnesses and corroboration. You only believe if it can bludgeon a conservative. They care about civil liberties and abuse of power. Yeah, but a candidate, Donald Trump, a transition team, Donald Trump, was illegally spied on. A phony Russian disinformation dossier paid for by Hillary was presented four separate times to the FISA court's and it was premeditated. They were warned not to use it. It's unverifiable. And they did it to spy on a candidate, a transition team, and deep into a presidency. They set up a 33-year veteran general to this country. And they say nothing about the injustice. They say nothing about a corrupt jury foreperson that spoke out way ahead of time publicly against Roger Stone in his case. They say nothing about pre-dawn raids for process crimes with guys in tactical gear and tipping off CNN cameras. Exculpatory material withheld in the Flynn case, the Papadopoulos case. Roger Stone never got a free and impartial, fair and partial jury. None of it. Bludgeon Trump, bludgeon Trump. No, any means necessary. We don't care about any hypocrisy we'll take on or any lie we will tell. That is the state of America today. And that is what we will deal with in 180 days. And guess what? There's a lot, a hell of a lot go on the line in 180 days. Just weighing in, I'm very happy for General Flynn. That General Flynn was an innocent man targeted by the Obama administration. Now we know that is all true and we have all of the evidence and more coming. Now, what got released yesterday, I'll give you a quick summary, and we'll have more on the other side of it. Also, Jay Sekulow checking in with us, Solomon, Greg Jarrett. We believe Sidney uh, Powell will try and uh, uh, join us as well. We had the, the August, well, one other point. Where is the Flynn original 302 that we now know struck and page or we're talking about altering? We never got a hold of that yet. Now, the scope memo was the memo sent by Rod Rosenstein. Now, remember, he signed the fourth FISA application that used Hillary's bought and paid for dirty Russian dossier. The problem is he signed that long after they had already debunked the the dirty dossier. And he went into great detail explaining to Mueller, it's called the scope of the investigation, of what Mueller was permitted to investigate. The problem with the scope of the Mueller investigation, as outlined in the memo, is that the FBI had in February, this is August of 2017, they had in February of 2017, in its possession, all of the information that undercut all of the crimes that Rosenstein's telling them to investigate. 
Reaction to some breaking news, the Justice Department has decided to dismiss the case against Michael Flynn. Are you aware of that? Uh, I didn't know that was uh, happening at this moment. Uh, I felt it was going to happen just by watching and seeing like everybody else does. Uh, he was an innocent man. He is a uh, great gentleman. He was targeted by the Obama administration. And he was targeted in order to try and take down a president. And what they've done is a disgrace. And I hope a big price is going to be paid. A big price should be paid. There's never been anything like this in the history of our country. What they did, what the Obama administration did, is uh, unprecedented. It's never happened. Never happened. A thing like this has never happened before in the history of our country. And I hope a lot of people are going to pay a big price, because they're dishonest, crooked people. They're scum. And I say it a lot. They're scum. They're human scum. This should never have happened in this country. A duly elected president. And they went after him by going after fine people. And those fine people said, no, I'm not going to lie. I can't lie. He's not the only one. There are many of them. And they all said, I can't lie. They could have said something like, oh, make up a lie. Trump loves somebody or something or some country. And they said, oh, you wouldn't have any problem. That's what they were trying to do. And it's a disgrace. The Obama administration, Justice Department, was a disgrace. And they got caught. They got caught. Very dishonest people. But much more than this, it's treason. It's treason. So I'm very happy for General Flynn. He was a, uh, a great warrior, and he still is a great warrior. Now, in my book, he's an even greater warrior. What happened to him should never happen again. And what happened to this presidency, to go through all of that and still do more than any president has ever done in the first three years, is pretty amazing when you think of it, with what we've done with regulations and tax cuts and Second Amendment and all of the things we've done. It's never happened. And until two months ago, we had the greatest economy in history. Unfortunately, we had a, like you did in Texas, we had to close it down. But for these people to have done that, I am very proud of General Flynn. I can tell you that right now. Who would you like? Can you imagine? They did the same thing with Roger Stone. Roger, you say this about the president, we'll get you a get-out-of-jail-free card. They did it with Manafort. They did it with General Flynn. They did it with KT McFarland. They, this is who they are. This is what they do. If we do not get this right, if they are not held accountable, then we will lose the the entire predicate foundation of our legal system, which is based on constitutional law and liberty. There are protections in that Constitution. That's why we have it. All our laws are based on it. Equal justice under the law, equal application of our laws. What we have here is the single biggest abuse of power corruption scandal in history. I've been saying it. I've done it for three years. We've had a great ensemble cast. We've unpeeled every layer of the onion. It's taken a lot longer than I would have liked and many of you would have liked. I, I have people writing me. They're crying at the res as a result of this. We saw the evidence come out right before our eyes last week. Well, what's our goal here? Is our goal an admission? Is our goal to get him to lie? What FBI agent would ever have a goal of getting somebody to lie so we can prosecute him, so we can get him fired? That's what was there.
It was a setup. They didn't think he lied. Then they threatened his family after he was bankrupt, after he had to sell his house. You know, and by the way, to all of you that donated to his defense fund, thank you. It's the only, it it literally was the lifeline that allowed this team to keep working. And thank God Sidney Powell got on it. Now this, I'm telling you another thing. And we've not been wrong here the whole time. The mob and the media, Russia, Russia, Ukraine, Ukraine, breathtaking hypocrisy. Um, All of it. But all this does is exonerate General Flynn. Now it's time to investigate Barack Obama and Joe Biden's Department of Justice. And that would start with Comey and McCabe and Strzok and Page and upper echelon seventh floor people at the FBI Department of Justice. And that would also include guys like John Brennan and Clapper, James Clapper. And the rest of them. And what they did here is they targeted an innocent man. And they this is prosecutorial abuse for all the reasons the president just said. Now, it's fascinating as I watch all of this, you know, and no, no explanation given for Mueller's uh, prosecutor, former special counsel. The prosecutor, Brandon Van Grack is his name. Why didn't he inform the court? Uh, And didn't provide to Flynn the newly unsealed January 4th, 2017 closing communication from the FBI. Where are those original 302s that Strzok and Page are texting about altering? Where are they? Because that, too, would be more evidence in this specific case. And again, we have to have now the judge, Emmett Sullivan, in this case. He must now follow through. I'd like to see if he's going to he himself will hold people accountable. Now I want to get to another part of news. This broke before television last night. That is the Mueller scope scope memo. Um, Now, there were four FISA application warrants. Now, remember, there was a whole search into Hillary Clinton's private email server. And there was, you know, it's uh, it's a matter. It's not an investigation. Attorney General Lynch with James Comey. And then we discover a few other things that they, they go through this interview process with Hillary with two other people in the room to help her. That also should have been and were at times, I believe, being investigated. OK, then three days later, Comey comes out 13 minutes. Holy crap. He's going to it's all true about Hillary and the email, blah, 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 blah. But then no, but no prosecutor would do it. They protected her. Now, we know, th- you know, if you're subpoenaed emails, you guess what? You better preserve them. You better not erase them after the fact. Now, you can erase your emails on a daily basis, but don't do it after you get a subpoena. And not only did they erase it, then it was bleach bit, then it was, uh, you know, devices to hammers, etc. That, too, would be called obstruction of justice. Now, the media, the mob, Russia, Russia, Russia. Even finally, the New York Toilet Paper Times recognized that Hillary's bought and paid for dirty dossier was Russian disinformation. Not only that, but it was unverifiable. Now, this is where we get into the scope memo. They four separate. It has to be renewed. A FISA warrant at the top. It says verified. It's unverifiable. Anyway, Comey signed three of them. The last one was signed by Rod Rosenstein. Okay, now look at the timeline in all of this. In August of 2017, August 2nd, Rod Rosenstein explained to special counsel Robert Mueller. This is called the scope memo. The scope of what he was permitted to investigate, meaning Mueller. The problem with the scope memo, 
And directions given to Mueller for his investigation, as outlined in the memo, is that the FBI had information we now know in its possession from February. This is now August 2017 that undercut most of the potential crimes that Rosenstein is telling Mueller to investigate. And by the time the fourth FISA application, like the third FISA application was signed, Comey, Rosenstein, Sally Yates, others, you know, a lot of people have a lot to answer for here today. They knew, they knew that it was BS, meaning the dossier, which was the bulk of information. Much of the criminal activity covered by the scope memo came from the Steele dossier. However, by August of 2017, as I said, they knew in February uh, because the FBI had already interviewed Steele's primary subsource on three occasions during which he completely undercut the Steele dossier. So it's not only unverifiable when they finally got around to looking into it, then they confirmed it was unverifiable. The FBI knew that Papadopoulos and Page denied most of the allegations against them. In the Papadopoulos case, like the Flynn case, they also withheld exculpatory information. Papadopoulos, quote, I told him, I don't know what the hell you're talking about. What you're talking about is something along the lines of treason. I'm not involved, and I don't know anyone in the campaign who's involved. And, you know, I really have nothing to do with Russia. And Page told the FBI source, quote, the core lie against him in the media is that he met with these sanctioned Russian Russian officials, several of which I've never even met my entire life. We also now know he was cooperating on numerous occasions over a series of years with our three letter agencies. The FBI tried to close out the Flynn case late December, early January. And then in comes Peter Strzok and James Comey. And that was the setup on January 24th, four days into the Trump administration. The scope memo showed that Rosenstein authorized the search and destroy mission against Donald Trump. You know, Rod Rosenstein, remember his scope memo, it gave Mueller the marching orders authorized a virtual search and destroy. This was all to destroy Trump. Sounds like an insurance policy to me. God forbid he wins. Remember that struck page in some of their exchanges on text message. But like Comey and Strzok and McCabe, Rod Rosenstein, he needs to be held accountable because he put the Trump campaign volunteer Carter Page under special counsel investigation after a year in which allegations against him in a Democratic Party financed dirty dossier had already fallen apart and he kept it going. They did it to get Trump. This was an attempted coup. This was an attempt to undo an election. This was an attempt to destroy the, the, the person that was elected by we, the people, that would be Donald Trump. This information redacted until now for one single reason. They were hiding the fact that the false allegations in the unverifiable, now debunked Steele dossier were included in Mueller's scoping memo. In other words, all the lies that they knew by that point were lies paid for by Hillary and the DNC that we now know they were meeting with Christopher Steele. Christopher Steele recently saying, oh, I lost those those emails. He Hillaryed all of his emails uh, used to engineer the appointment of a special counsel, dragged this president through the mud for years with the help of their willing accomplices, state run TV, media mob television media mob, New York, toilet paper times and Washington Post. Everything they told you about Russia turned out to be false lies, conspiracy theories, slander, smear, besmirchment, character assassination. 
They didn't give a damn about the rule of law. They don't now give a, a hoot about it either. They didn't care, but for them, the ends justified the means. This is what we have seen. This is what we do see. And why Director Ray's FBI, I don't know why, and by the way, sent on July of 2018, way long, almost a year and a half after they knew it was a phony dossier, defending the FISA applications. Those are questions Director Ray now is going to have to answer. Now, you think I'm out of news? Not even close. The acting DNI director, Richard Grinnell, kudos to him, seems to be a truth teller. And he now, by the way, has informed Adam Schiff that he must release the Russia transcripts. My, my source is telling me they're on their way. If they haven't arrived yet, they're going right to the Justice Department, which means, well, we will now be able to put a timeline together. And you will see that what I have been telling you about the corrupt compromise pay attention, congenital liar, will all be there in black and white. We will create a timeline. What was Schiff telling the public on this date? What did Schiff know on this date? Because they directly contradict each other. The only person on that committee that was telling the truth in his report was the Nunes memo. The other people that got it right, people like Lindsey Graham and, by the way, Ratcliffe and Jordan and Meadows, all these guys, Matt Gates, they all, Louis Gomer, they all got it right. The rest of them were lying. They were lying through their teeth, and they knew they were lying. The ends justifies the means, doesn't it? What was I saying yesterday? My observation, the mob, the media, the Democrats, they are taking on breathtaking lies and hypocrisies. It is sick. It is destructive to this country, and they don't care, even in the middle of a national emergency, if, if the economy tanks, they don't care. They just want their power back. Nothing Trump ever does is good, not even the travel ban, not even the biggest, fastest, swiftest, largest mobilization, medical mobilization in history. But Cuomo, de Blasio are like gods to them, and meanwhile, they failed at an epic level. You know, up is down, down is up. Impeach Trump for a quid pro quo, but ignore Joe. You're not getting the billion unless you fire the prosecutor paying my zero experience on millions. Russian interference, sure, but ignore Hillary's dirty Russian dossier. Obstruction matters, but not Hillary's emails that were subpoenaed. I believe, but only if the charge is against the conservative, not Joe Biden. They don't care about civil liberties either. They don't care a president that systematically the people with the most power, the powerful tools of intelligence turned on a presidential candidate, a transition team and a president. The Republic is hanging in the balance here with this crap. The country and the rule of law is hanging in the balance. If they got away with it, we never would have known. Thank God there were a few of us out there getting the crap kicked out of us every day, telling you the truth. And meanwhile, the mob, the 99 percent lie like hell. It's un, it's sickening. It's disgusting. It's repulsive. It defines them and who they are. General Flynn, they set him up knowing he was innocent. Jury four person biased against Stone. They set him up. They set Manafort up. They set Pompanopoulos up. They set up Donald Trump as who they were setting up and who they're setting up now. Now, there's not a price to pay. Then the rule of law is meaningless in this society. I've this this is what did I always say? The biggest abuse of power, corruption, scandal in history. Well, we were right. I wish I was wrong. I wish it didn't happen. I can't believe it happened. 
in this great country. But it did. Can't write a book like this. At Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show, 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of this extravaganza. Now, technically speaking, it's not completely done, settled, finished, and over. But for the most part, I would suspect it is. Uh, And that is the news today about General Flynn. Finally, justice is coming in this case. Uh, As we now know, the Justice Department has dropped its case against Flynn. Uh, with all the information and evidence that had been withheld, so exculpatory, the corruption within the FBI. What is our goal here? Is our goal uh, to get him to uh, uh, admission, or is it to get him to lie? Why would an FBI agent ever write, our goal is to get somebody to lie? That's called a perjury trap. Uh, and, uh, to prosecute him or to get him fired? That shouldn't be a goal either of anybody in the Department of Justice, the FBI Department of Justice. Uh, Now under the Attorney General Barr, this has happened. The judge will have to approve the motion to dismiss. And with Sidney Powell as his attorney, and she will be on Hannity tonight, I would hope that this order, this is vacated. uh, And that as a result, he would then be free to sue people. Then you have really dumb people uh, that just hate all things Trump that have been up to their eyeballs in aiding and abetting all of this, uh, like Nadler is out. What do you mean? He pled guilty. Uh, Mr. Nadler, he was told they, his son would be prosecuted unless he signed the dotted line. They didn't think he lied. Remember, uh, Flynn called the deputy FBI director McCabe. Do I need a lawyer? No. What did Comey do? The FBI director. He brags about sending them all in. I sent them in. I took advantage of the chaos. I did something I wouldn't do or get away with in prior administrations like the Bush administration and Obama administration because they have a process. Normally, you go through the White House counsel before you would speak to the national security advisor uh, setting up Flynn. And of course, the original 302s are still non-existent. And, of course, we have the scope memo in August of 2017 after the FBI knew in February of 2017 that the dirty Clinton bought and paid for Russian disinformation dossier used as the predicate and the bulk of information for all of the FISA application warrants. Well, they use that as part of the mandate or scope instructions given by then Deputy Attorney General, maybe acting Attorney General at the time, Rod Rosenstein to Mueller. But At that time, they knew the dossier was BS. Anyway, what was the bottom line? To get to Trump. They illegally spied on a candidate. They denied Carter Page's civil liberties, constitutional rights. Then they spied on Trump's transition team. And in the words of Attorney General Barr, they spied on a president deep into his presidency. And they did it by using not only unverified, but unverifiable and At some point before the third application, the second renewal, they knew it was debunked. Now we know that there was some coordination with the DNC and Christopher Steele and Hillary Clinton's campaign and Christopher Steele. And that Steele has now Hillaryed his emails and erased them all. Jay Sekulow is with us, chief counsel, American Center for Law and Justice, also a counsel for the president. Uh, Jay, big news. I would assume Judge Emmett Sullivan in this case is going to be rather ticked off. I'm sure, I think he's going to be ticked off at the at the, for, the Department of Justice that was leading this, particularly the special counsel's office. I, I want to say something, Sean, because as someone who lived this for three years and knew this was a sham and a scam and a, and a, and a, a fraud on the American people, 
Here's what I released a statement. I said justice is being served. The actions of the special counsel against General Flynn were outrageous. The special counsel should be ashamed of the conduct of his agents and lawyers that he allowed. The attorney general and the Department of Justice are correcting a horrible wrong. But what I want to focus on for a moment, Sean, is Bob Mueller. This was all known to Bob Mueller, the special counsel, the vaulted, praised special counsel. Jerry Nadler's comment, by the way, he pled guilty, is absurd, but you know what? Is that a great shock? But what is shocking is that Bob Mueller let this happen. He was the special counsel appointed in this case, came in with this, you know, pedigree in Washington, well respected. He should be apologizing, which is not enough, by the way, apologizing to General Flynn and the American people. But when you read the order that the Department of Justice filed, for instance, things like Peter Strzok saying serendipitously good news to Lisa Page, the special counsel. By the way, these are two leaders of the FBI. That the investigation had not technically been closed on Flynn in a technical sense. Quote, our utter incompetence actually helps us. And then James Comey, James Comey, St. Jerome the Magnificent, higher than thou, higher calling, was told by Sally Yates, of all people, I'm shocked to read this. Now, he told, Director Comey tells Sally Yates he has sent over agents to interview General Flynn. She is flabbergasted and dumbfounded. Other senior DOJ officials hit the roof upon hearing of this development, given that an interview of Flynn should have been coordinated with DOJ. Do you realize what, you know what was happening here, Sean? These Let's rogue go. Yeah, leaders go were running this. Jay, this is an attempted coup, Jay. This oh, was yeah. the, 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 none of the normal processes were followed. Where are the original 302s? You know, what they did to Carter Page. The, look, what, I'm, what I've been telling this audience now, we're in a very dangerous place for this country. And let me give you a quick observations of where we are, because the lie is the truth. The truth is a lie. In the case of a national emergency, they can't come together and help a president. There's not one good thing Donald Trump, not even the travel ban or the largest, fastest medical mobilization to save New York's backside that Donald Trump accomplished. Every single bit of equipment, beds, personnel, ventilators, everything, Donald Trump, because they weren't prepared. Now, for example, uh, they impeach Trump for a quid pro quo. They ignore zero experience Hunter uh, being paid millions and Joe saying you're not getting the billion unless you fire the guy. Russian interference, they ignore completely in the media and the Democrats ignore Hillary's dirty Russian, well, Russian information, dirty dossier. Uh, obstruction matters, not Hillary's email server and deleted subpoenaed emails. I believe, I believe if it's Kavanaugh or Trump, but not Joe. Where are the I believers, Jay? They care about civil liberties. Uh, but when a candidate for president of the United States is spied on, oh, it's fine as long as it's Trump. Their silence is deafening. They set up a 33-year veteran hero of this country the way they yep. did. What's our aim? Is it to get them to lie, admission, or just to get uh, to be able to prosecute them? Uh, that should never be their goal. A corrupt jury four-person in Roger Stone's case, pre-dawn raids, Jay, uh, 29 guys, tactical uh, gear, uh, CNN cameras for lying to Congress, you know, frogmen, or in the case of Manafort, exculpatory material withheld in Flynn's case, Papadopoulos's case. 
You get my point, Jay? This is uh, not I America. Point. I, I, Sean, I lived your point for three you years did. as the primary counsel in this case, along with uh, some really competent colleagues. Uh, I mean, we had a leadership team of our legal department defending the president here that was uh, top-notch. And I, we, knew, we lived this. But you just mentioned the tactics. Understand, I want everybody that's understanding left, right, and center. Bob Mueller did this. Bob Mueller allowed this. Bob Mueller didn't know what Fusion GPS is or was. He does not know that what his agents had done. He allowed his agents to wipe clean their phones, which had evidence in it, and their lawyers to wipe their phones. How would you like to be the lawyer that's committed this fraud on Judge Sullivan? Let me go to this. The, the, the next aspect of this was what, what we got into. Hold those in lawyers great... accountable is what I say. Go ahead. Okay, what about the scope memo? Now let's look at Rod Rosenstein. Now, James Comey signed three of the four FISA applications. They used the dirty dossiers, the bulk of information. Jay, in February, we now know of 2017, they knew it was BS. February. Yep. It, in the scope memo put out by Rod Rosenstein, I assume by then acting AG, I'm not sure where he was, or deputy AG, right. uh, he is literally telling Mueller what to investigate. And by the way, by that time, they had already interviewed Steele's primary subsource on three occasions, and he completely undercut the Steele dossier. The FBI knew Papadopoulos and Page denied most of the allegations against them. They have the exact quotes. You know, in the case of Papadopoulos, uh, you know, he said, what the hell are you talking about? Uh, you know, what you're saying is like treason. I'm not involved. I don't know anyone in the campaign involved. I have nothing to do with Russia. Page, pretty similar circumstances. Then the FBI tried to close the investigation against Flynn, and then in comes Comey and Peter Strzok. And the scope memo shows Rod Rosenstein, who knew better, authorized a search and destroy mission against Donald Trump, Jay. That's what happened here. Well, Sean, like I said, I mean, I lived it. I mean, I, I, you, you did know, live we it. knew what they were up to. Uh, as soon as the, this investigation should have been over before it started, it should have never started. But they, were, they knew there was no Russia collusion. Then they went on this obstruction nonsense. Now, here's the question that I want to ask. And I think, listen, Attorney General Barr and, and his team have done a, are doing this exactly by the book. They're going where the evidence leads. But you mentioned James Comey. Signing the FISA warrants would not tell the president what was going on, although Yates and others in leadership said you need to do that. Does not go to Loretta Lynch. Goes over Loretta Lynch, actually during the Clinton matter. And how is this, how was he vaulted, another one held up as this paragon of virtue. He goes around lecturing about a higher calling. The guy was a dishonest, bad cop. By the way, I don't think this is deep state. This is right at the Do top. you remember when Joe DeGeneva, I flinched, Jay. They're dirty cops. I flinched. Joe DeGeneva was right. They're dirty cops. Well, the I, thing I, is, he, oh, go ahead. Uh, no, go ahead, you go. Yeah, I was going to say, Joe was right. But, Sean, this isn't, you didn't have to scratch the surface very deep here. This isn't the, the regular FBI agents, but I want to talk to young FBI agents. I want to talk to FBI candidates. I want to talk to FBI cadets, analysts that are in training to become agents. Don't do what these guys did. They don't, Jay. You know, with all the FBI people I know want, saying thank you for wearing our pin in solidarity, and by the way, uh, this is not us. And they all say it's hurt their ability to do their job because the public doesn't trust them anymore. 
Now, what about Director Ray? Because Director Ray in July, well, his FBI at that point in July of 2018 defended the FISA applications. They knew better. That's a year and a half after knowing that it was based on uh, uh, the, the Steele dossier. Why would they defend that? Let me just say that I suspect there is a top-to-bottom, and I don't know this, I just suspect this, there's a top-to-bottom review of exactly what was going on. We know there's the Durham report, or the Durham investigation, I should say. Investigation, investigation. Yeah. yeah. Not a report. That's going on. I think that's going to reveal a lot about what has taken place and what is taking place. But I, I will tell you this, Sean, that none of this restores what was taken away from General Flynn. But I got another message from some of the lawyers out there, like the lawyers representing General Flynn before Sidney Powell came in and did an unbelievably fantastic job. What in the world were you doing in your representation of General Flynn? This is one of the largest law firms in the United States. What in the world were they doing? You look at this White House now, and it's hard to imagine two FBI agents ending up in the sit room. How did that happen? I sent them. Um, um, something we, I probably wouldn't have done or maybe gotten away with in a more organized investigation, a more organized administration, in the George W. Bush administration, for example, or the Obama administration. <laughs> the protocol, two men that all of us have perhaps increased appreciation for uh, over the last two years. <laughs> And in both of those administrations, there was process. And so if the FBI wanted to send agents into the White House itself to interview a senior official, you would work through the White House counsel, and there'd be discussions and approvals, and who would be there. And I thought it's early enough. Let's just send a couple guys over. That was Jim Comey, uh, Jay Sekulow, bragging about what he did. This is after General Flynn asked uh, McCabe if he needed an attorney. Okay. Who do you think broke the law? What are the charges? How, when are these people going to be held accountable? Because there were referrals, Jay, for the very same things that Manafort, Cohn, and Roger Stone got in trouble for. So let's start with James Comey, who just tweeted out, the DOJ has lost its way, but career people, please stay because America needs you. The country's hungry for honest and competent leadership. I wonder what, I, I, it'd be nice to see Sally Yates say, don't believe anything James Comey says. He's an egomaniac who went around the system to advance his own position. That's what somebody needs to say now. So let's start with James Comey. I think James Comey is obviously, 20 seconds. FISA warrants yeah. that obviously they knew were fraudulent and doing all this investigation. What about Rod? What about McCabe? What about Strzok? What about Page? What about Clapper? Well, here, here, Brennan? Here's, here's how it works, Sean. I mean, let, let's, let's, let's be clear on how it works. There is a U.S. attorney named John Durham who yep. is looking at the entire Russia investigation. And it looks like they're doing their job. All right, Jay Sekulow, great work. And boy, you are more right than anyone knew. Great job. All right, 25 till the top of the hour, 800 941. Sean, you want to be a part of the program? We'll get back to our top story. And that, of course, being in General Flynn's case. The withdrawal of the charges against Flynn, we'd still need the judge to sign off on it. Sidney Powell on Hannity uh, tonight. We may actually have uh, General Flynn's brother, I was just being told. Um, we'll have John Solomon and Greg Jarrett at the top of the hour. This is a, has been, continues to be a grave injustice. Holding those people accountable is crucial. Um, we're trying to reopen the economy. 
Now, I just want to reiterate, I'm going to make a couple of points that I have made, but they we have got to we've got to understand some things here. And one is, is that uh, New York, if people did shut down, meaning farmers and those that made medical equipment and people that packed trucks and people that drove trucks. And I keep going back to these guys that I see every week at my local grocery store. I go in every week, once or twice a week, put my mask on, go through the aisles. I see these guys. They never got sick. Nobody. I asked the last time, did anyone here ever contract the virus? No. I said, okay. Um, we learned something. These masks work. Social distance. Now, look, they're seeing a lot of people. Um, they weren't restricting the number of people going into the grocery store. Some days it was pretty crowded. Lines were pretty long. Everybody had a mask on. Then we have the issue of, okay, what states did things right? What states did things wrong? Well, the dumbest state by far, not even close, is New York State. Not only did you have Comrade Mayor de Blasio uh, telling people, oh, I go out on the town. Here are my recommendations for March 2nd through March 5th. I'm like, huh? You're watching fake news CNN. You had Anderson Cooper telling you to worry more about the flu. You had Governor Cuomo saying, I know I speak for the mayor about this. And uh, maybe I sound like an arrogant New Yorker. But as a New York, I can say this, by the way, because I'm from New York. As a New Yorker, um, we're better prepared than these other countries. They weren't prepared. He never got the his own health task force November 2015 recommendation You'd be shy. Peak week, 15,783 ventilators. They bought none. The city of New York, 9,800 ventilators they needed just for the city. Well, they did buy 500, but they didn't maintain them. And they sold them at auction. Nobody knows where. There's been a ton of waste, fraud, and abuse. Now, Donald Trump built the hospitals. He manned the hospitals. 3,000 beds, Javits Center. The Navy hospital ship Comfort converted both. First manned them both. All his personnel built them all, and then converted them for COVID-19 patients. Only a little over 1,000 of the 3,000 beds used at the Javits Center. Other hospitals were built and manned also around New York. Only 182 patients aboard the, the Navy hospital ship, the Comfort. But there was a March 25th directive forcing, by law, forcing uh, nursing homes, long-term care facilities into... Uh, to accept COVID-19 patients. Well, that's where about 30% of the deaths came from. That was the single dumbest idea I've ever heard. Now, you have draconian measures like you can't cut the lawn, you can't walk on the beach, you know, all around the country. It's getting nuts. I was a little skeptical of of Governor Kemp uh, and his idea that tattoo parlors could open up. I thought that was a little risky and nail salons but then i saw the images of people let's see they built plexiglass they distance everybody by six feet everybody had masks everybody wore gloves i said okay i think and you put your hands under like a teller thing and where you're getting cash i said oh i think this might be able to work dr oz talked about it ventilation systems changing like they did at the javits center that can help uh restaurants that can help nail salons that can help other places open up now what state did the best well, I would say that would be the state of Florida. And I don't think Ron DeSantis got enough credit because while they were forcing COVID-19 positive patients into nursing homes with the most vulnerable population, well, the governor of Florida quietly sent a SWAT team of basically everybody 
under all of his jurisdiction into the villages. If you don't know, it's America's friendliest hometown. It's around Orlando. I've been down there. It's the coolest place on earth. They got a million golf courses and tennis courts and pickleball courts and movie theaters and concerts and bars and restaurants. They got it all. Well, one of the first things he did was meet with the people of the villages. How do we protect you? And then every single long-term care facility for the elderly and nursing homes, they were flooded with help, support, and mandates from the governor. Well, if you compare the the COVID-19 contraction rate of the people in Florida, with the, which happens to have a large percentage of, of their population being the elderly people retiring down there because it's better weather and cheaper, um, and you compare it to all these other states, it's negligible, especially compared to states like New York and New Jersey and Connecticut, but even states like Michigan, because that idiot Governor Whitmer blew everything there. She told you, you can't cut your lawn. Huh? Why not? And Governor DeSantis allows people to walk on the beach. Can't lay around on the beach. Got to have a little social distancing, urging people if you're going to be in closer contact, wearing masks. We're learning from these things. Now, as we reopen the country, the states that did well, what can we learn from them? Governor DeSantis is with us. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Sean. How are you doing? Well, first of all, thank you for protecting the most vulnerable. And that would be our loved ones, our grandmothers and grandfathers and mothers and fathers that are down in your state, happily retired. Tell us what you did. Well, you mentioned uh, with the villages, which, yeah, that's not a nursing home community. These are very active seniors, but um, very well, early. The, el- the elderly population, you know, the yeah, older yeah, population. Yeah. So it was very clear. We messaged very early to the elderly that this that they were at increased risk and there were certain things they needed to do to reduce contact. And so like at the villages, for example, they stopped doing the indoor events. They, they usually are party and they do a lot of fun things, but they stopped doing the indoor events. But they still did golf with social distancing, everyone in an individual cart. And they were doing things that were safe uh, but allowed people to have an outlet. And I just checked the numbers this morning. At the main village's hospital, there is zero villagers wow. hospital for COVID-19 right now. And this is 125,000 people. And but not many contracted, not many contracted it even at the worst points, right? No, yeah, no, extremely low um, uh, positivity rate when we would do testing. And so, but that's just by doing it the right way. It wasn't saying that they could not garden or do anything like some of these other states. It was understanding where the risk was and then minimizing that. Our long-term care facilities, I mentioned on your show, we were launching our mobile uh, RV that does the 45-minute rapid test. So we deployed that. Uh, we were down in Miami yesterday. So that's going around and it'll be in a central location. Then they'll have teams go out to various long-term care facilities, all bring the samples back, run them through the lab. People will get the results that day. So that if you do have some a staff member that's infected, if you get the results that day, then you can isolate that staff member. No one else is infected. Then you know it's okay if there's more. I, you I want you to so explain. It a lot of work. Yep. I explain every part of Florida government that you utilize to target, and in a positive way, protect would probably be a better word, the older population of Florida. You know, yeah, so it, we, we have um, the, the Florida Department of Health, so they would do a lot of infection control. They would go proactively at the beginning of this to the areas that, so you know, we have almost 4,000 long-term care facilities. Not all of them have an A-plus record on infection control. So they went to the ones that we thought would be problematic, uh, identified some needs, was able to help make corrections. 
I have a healthcare administration office that was doing uh, things like um, making sure the hospitals wouldn't send back uh, COVID positive patients to, to some of these places because obviously that would spark an outbreak. We issued rules about you need to screen the staff members every day. You can't have visitors. You have to wear PPE. My emergency management department, we've now sent, Sean, 10 million masks just to our long-term care facilities, over a million gloves and half a million face shields. Then I have the Florida National Guard. I have 50 strike teams, four-man strike teams. They go into the long-term care facilities, and they test the staff and then the residents. Um, sometimes they'll test everyone. If, if, if people don't want to be tested, the residents, they'll test enough to know whether it has um, permeated uh, the facility yet. And so it's really been all of our assets focused on where the most vulnerabilities are. So I spend, I spend less time trying to suppress you know, people under 50 from doing their jobs because I didn't think the risk was, was significant there. And we that, that is the one thing that held. There, there was yeah. one point where we thought that younger people might be more vulnerable than we originally thought, but then that went away. But in the end, it was what we originally thought. It tended to go after older people, those with underlying health issues, compromised immune systems, and that's where you focus like a laser beam. Okay, based on what you've learned... And the shift show, if you will, in New York, which was, oh, let's force COVID-19 patients onto nursing homes that are screaming they can't, that they're not prepared to handle it. Uh, how do we learn these lessons and reopen states successfully? Because, again, the guys never stop stocking the shelves. The manufacturers, if, if they stop making the medical equipment that New York desperately needed, New York would have been screwed. So they kept working. They never shut down. Farmers never shut down. Truckers never shut down. Packers never shut down. And those stocking shelves never shut down. So, you know, there has to be some lessons here that we can use in opening everything up safely. Well, I think think one lesson is is, um, if you're doing what you need to do to protect the seniors and particularly the long-term care facilities, Opening up your economy isn't going to affect that. If you're doing what you need to do, then open up the economy. Just like if you keep the economy closed, but you don't do what you need to do for the long-term care facilities, as we've seen in some of these other states, guess what? You're going to have big problems. So you can open up the economy and still focus the resources on the most vulnerable. They're not mutually exclusive at all. And in fact, I think by having a healthier economy, getting society back up, that allows us to have the resources we need to continue this fight. Because this is, uh, you know, we don't know what direction the virus is going to take, but we're going to assume that it's going to be with us for a while. And so we're going to continue to need to divert resources to our most vulnerable. And so I think that that makes the most sense. I think that's what we've learned in Florida, um, that you can keep the economy going. Now, we had obviously tourism and some things stop, but I had construction going. We were accelerating big road projects in central Florida and south Florida. We've made huge progress on that all the while protecting um, you know, those facilities. By, by the so, way, how so long you are you going to keep the likes of hand? I can't go down to Florida until you lift the, the 14-day ban of self-quarantining. I can't go down and visit my, my friendliest hometown well, Sean, or anybody. Been, uh, I don't know if you saw, but I mean, even the New York Times had an article today saying New York City ceded the, most of the country. They um, did. Certainly on the East Coast. And so that's what I was guarding against because Florida is the number that was one a landing smart, spot. I told you at the time it was a smart decision. I said it on the air. Yeah, he's smart to keep us out of there. I was smart. Yeah, so, and the thing is, is obviously... 
I think New York's on the other side of the curve too, but I mean, we're still in a situation where we want to, we want to keep that. But I, I do think that, um, you know, we do have a good path forward. It's not, it's not necessarily easy, but we know a lot more about this than we did two, three months ago. I think we know where the risks are. And, um, and let's let me ask you this important right question. I want to see baseball opened and I want to see, and I've been talking to Randy Levine and Dr. Oz a lot about it. They have these turnstiles that'll take people's temperature. I think we should probably say to the vulnerable population, guys, you're going to have to take the season off. Not to be mean because we love you and we want to protect you. But for those that do go in a stadium, my suggestion is if anyone has a temperature, they be pulled aside. You don't ask their name. They're entitled to medical privacy. So you have a temperature just for the sake of everyone else in the stadium. We'll give you tickets to another game um, here. This is what you do. If in ca- this is where you can get tested in case you might have this. This is what you do with your family members at home. This is what contract contact tracing means and say, sorry, we'll give you tickets. We'll take your name if you want uh, or we'll give you a refund right there on the spot. Uh, and yeah, then look, I- even if even if it means wearing masks in a stadium, I'm cool with that. Would you do you think you can do it down in Florida? Oh, I think we've got it. We've got it. We've got to be innovative. I think those are interesting ideas. I know others have had others, but um, we, we don't just sit in the fetal position as Americans. We figure out ways to, to, to live life and do this in ways that are going to be safe. Um, I think you need baseball back. I think you need the sports back. I also want our kids to be playing sports again. Yeah, really? I, mean, I think that this has been a big, big problem that they've been on the sidelines. So, so yeah, we've got to do it. And, and you're right. I think there's certain folks who are going to be much more high risk, and I think that those are probably advised to, to to not go to events like that once they get underway uh, but i think for most folks you're gonna be fine and look i mean for, hey, if you go down to like the miami marlins as much as i hate to say it you know they're not selling out sean so you go there and it's probably it's kind of social distancing anyways because the stadium's usually only about a quarter full um and i don't know if that'll change uh with is that this, is I that open now for people if they want to go no, no, no. Well, no, I'm saying the Miami Marlins when the when oh, they the play their, okay, their regular season, yeah, the regular season game. So, but I think they, I think you could definitely do it. We and we also know that um, this thing well, is more transmissible. Well, why don't you lead the way and show band. everybody how to do it safely, like you have been? Because they screwed it up at Michigan, New York. I, I listen. I'll throw a bone. You know, I think Gavin Newsom did okay out in California. I think he's gone a little nuts. You know, the idea that you can't cut your lawn or walk on the beach in some of these places is stupid. Um, but listen, you did a great job. Stay right here for our final news roundup and information overload. All right, news roundup, information overload. We go back to our top story today, and that is, well, we now have the Justice Department dropping their case against General Flynn. Obviously, in light of recent uh, news and information, they're dropping their criminal case against uh, former National Security Advisor Flynn been a long time in coming uh where does he now go to get his good name and rebuild his life back after 33 years of service we know he was set up well what's our what's our aim here to get an admission or uh to get him to lie so we could prosecute him and get him fired and all the other exculpatory information that was withheld it is a travesty of justice it is the biggest abuse of power corruption scandal in history It is everything we told you it would be and was, uh, and it's getting worse. We expect more information coming out daily. Now, we got the information last night as well as it relates to uh, this whole issue 
of the scope of uh, instructions by Rod Rosenstein. We went through the timeline in great detail earlier in the show and last night, and that is the scope of the investigation that then, I guess, acting attorney general or deputy attorney general, I'm not sure where he was at that time, Rosenstein saying to Robert, Bob Mueller what he should do, but bo- all of it based on the dirty dossier that they knew was debunked in February of that year. And we still haven't gotten the original 302, by the way, on General Flynn. We're going to be joined in a few moments by Greg Jarrett and John Solomon. But first, uh, exclusively, we have Sidney Powell, who is the attorney for uh, General Flynn. Uh, Great to have you on today. Great work. I can't thank you enough uh, for all of your hard work, your love and commitment to this man and this injustice. But we still need to have the judge, that would be Emmett Sullivan, approve the motion to dismiss. Uh, Sydney Powell. Yes, uh, we do, but I would expect that to happen fairly quickly, uh, given that it's an agreed motion and only the uh, the prosecutors can uh, pursue a prosecution like this. And since they moved to dismiss it, that would be the only real option for Judge Sullivan to take in this matter. And of course, they attached to their motion an extraordinary additional volume of exculpatory material. One of the new things we learned today is that General Flynn was not only cleared of the any Russia-related allegation by January 4th, 2017, he was also cleared of any FARA violations, the Foreign Agent Registration Act issues. So they had cleared him of everything until Mr. Strzok and apparently Sally Yates and perhaps President Obama, according to Byron York, decided that something should be done about General Flynn and then proceeded the entire next three years of travesty of justice that we've witnessed until we can thank Attorney General Barr now for his integrity and the integrity of the prosecutors and the agents who fought to dig out the truth here and expose it to the public. Uh, It is breathtaking what has gone on here, especially, you know, and then you have, of course, McCabe and then you have James Comey and McCabe telling your client, General Flynn, that he didn't need an attorney on day four. Then Comey bragging he'd do something he'd never do in any previous administration or get away with, and that there's a process going through the White House counsel, and I sent them. Um, And then we believe that the original 302 was altered based on text messages which struck in page. Um, They set your client up. Sydney, they set him up. Everything we they said happened, they happened. framed him. Yes. General Flynn was honest with the agents and they knew it. They made up the false statements. He was honest with them. And it's important for the public to understand that they literally made up the alleged false statements with respect to the FARA charges and the 1001 prosecution. As you look at this as a lawyer and uh, well, let me first ask about the judge. I was a little shocked because in your book, License to Lie, you talked a lot about Judge Sullivan and, and how he figured out the, the Stevens case that was, again, after all the consequences were felt by former Senator Stevens of uh, Ted Stevens of Alaska. And you praised him for calling out prosecutorial abuse. Uh, but you had a number of run ins with him, as did General Flynn. And there seemed to be a like a a predetermined hostility towards both of you at times as it related to getting Brady material, which we now know fully existed. uh, And he said that didn't exist. And also General Flynn at one point, he exploded at the general one day, if you remember. Oh, yes, I remember that well. I was an observer in the courtroom then. I had no role in the case whatsoever except one of 
great interest because, as you mentioned, Judge Sullivan was the judicial hero of my book, License to Lie. I praised him for six years for his willingness to hold prosecutors accountable for Brady violations. But that didn't apply in this case, and I have no idea why. Well, do we have any inclination where he stands here? Because, oh, by the way, Adam Schiff is out there. Nadler's out there. Schiff is now saying Flynn pled guilty. That's still he pled pled guilty now. (laughs) okay, now. okay, that's right. That was that is a true statement. He did after he went bankrupt after. And but remember, the agents originally didn't think he lied. That's why we want to see the original 302s. Exactly. But here's the and issue. He was lied to, and he was threatened with the indictment of his son immediately. They said he was. They were going to put his son in jail. What yes, father wouldn't country, say? Yeah. Yeah. In this country, we require guilty pleas to be knowing and voluntary. His was neither. What do you make of the scope memo of Rod Rosenstein, August second, twenty seventeen? And the problem, number one, is the scope of the Mueller investigation outlined in that memo. Well, we know in February of 2017, the FBI already had information in its possession that undercut most of the crimes that Mueller was going to investigate. We know that Steele's primary subsource had been interviewed by the FBI three times, and he completely undercut the Steele dossier. We know that exculpatory evidence was withheld for your client, General Flynn, also Papadopoulos. Um, and Papadopoulos and Page both denied allegations against them and, and, again, both denied all of it. And, you know, Papadopoulos was like, nobody talks to Russia. Um, right. Yeah, and then I was the- livid over that scope memo, Sean. Absolutely livid because it was completely baseless. And anybody who paid any attention to any of the documents in the case would have known that. I'm sorry I have to run, but I we really I know. The no, I know. wants Let's... me to let you know how much he appreciates your support and those of your viewers. It's been instrumental in getting us to this place today. Well, he's broke, it's... isn't he? Still, he's broke, and and we're, people we're have been generously. Working, we're working out of the defense fund, the Mike Flynn Defense Fund org, but the American people have kept this going because this case wasn't just about General Flynn. It's about justice and the rule of law in this entire country. I have one last question. Assuming this is all over, will you start suing these people that did this to General Flynn? We haven't talked about anything yet. It's not over until the judge signs the dismissal, and then we have some other loose ends to tie up. But uh, we will be looking at all options. All right. Sydney, great job, by the way. Great job. Thank you, Sean. You You too. Um, It's been forever. We all appreciate it. Thank you. Uh, here now, uh, Fox News legal analyst. He wrote about this in two best-selling books, Witch Hunt, uh, the the story of the greatest mass delusion in American political history. John Solomon. I think it was March in 2017, John, that we began this this journey that uh, brings us to today. Well over three years now, and it's frustrating, but it's also rewarding in the sense that finally we we're getting to the truth. And I think this is only the tip of the iceberg. Yeah, no, I think that's right. And uh, I look back at those early conversations, Sean, between you and I and Greg and others and Sarah in 2017. And I remember when a a senior U.S. official came to me and said, uh, we think that Flynn was set up. And this was in 2017 when people were calling him an agent of Russia. And I remember thinking, either this guy is crazy or this is the greatest story in history. And it's taken us three years 
and 12 major revelations to finally get the truth out about what happened. And uh, it's terrible. When the FBI can do this to someone as powerful as General Flynn, they can do it to anybody. And the conduct that's described in today's court ruling or court motion is beyond jaw-dropping. It's criminal in nature what went on here. Well, I want to get to all of that. Greg Jarrett, um, you just put out a piece. I just got my hands on it that the collusion house of cards has finally and fully collapsed. Um, now who's going to be held accountable for all that's happened here is a very important question to me. And it's also important for the rule of law in this country. Well, Flynn is the victim of one of the worst miscarriages of justice in modern times. And as I have written before, he should sue the very people and government that persecuted him under the pretext of a legitimate prosecution. It was not, we now know that today, with the dismissal. Tragically, Flynn became collateral damage amid the carnage of corruption, dishonesty, abuse, and injustice. And it was Mueller's team of partisan prosecutors, in particular Brendan Van Grack and others, who uh, threatened to criminally charge Flynn's son, Unless he capitulated, that was under duress, it was bullying, it was intimidation. They hid that fact from the court. When the plea was entered, they had a duty to tell the judge. They didn't do that. So, you know, I I have written in two books and innumerable columns over three years that Flynn was set up and framed by Comey and Andrew McCabe and disgraced FBI agent Peter Strzok and Lisa Page. They invented a perjury trap under false pretenses. They lied to Flynn. By the way, it's in writing, Greg. Uh, What's our goal here? Is our goal admission? Is our goal uh, to get Get him him to to lie? lie? Is our goal so we can get him uh, prosecuted, to get him fired? That should never be a question that any FBI agent asks ever. The goal should be the truth. Right. Um, What's unconscionable and ethical and I think illegal is that they knew Flynn was innocent and they deliberately hid the records that proved it. The two agents who interviewed him concluded, quote, Flynn was not lying. But that didn't bother Bob Mueller and his hit squad. They went after him with a vengeance. They broke him financially. They ruined his reputation and let the litigation begin. Damages against Flynn, and he should sue all these people, run into the millions of dollars. He deserves it. And the DOJ should now consider whether crimes were committed by those people I just identified who deliberately obscured the truth and, I think, obstructed justice. Um, Who do you think... Well, let me get into this on the other side. You guys are going to stay with us for the... We have too much to get to because we got to get to this whole scope memo. We've got to get to what's about to happen to Adam Schiff. Um, on a scale of one to a thousand, how bad John Solomon will shift state day be tomorrow? I hear it's going to be a really bad day. I thought it was going to be today, but it's likely tomorrow. Is that right? I believe so. Yes. I believe the release of the transcripts are tomorrow and you're Mm -hmm. going to see his own witnesses at the house intelligence committee told us there were, there was no evidence of collusion. Uh Uh-huh. And that means we could look at the timeline of what he said when and what he knew then, right? And that means we can show and prove he's a liar, a congenital liar. That's right. Stay right there. More Greg Jarrett. And as we continue, the big news today is on General Flynn. The Justice Department has dropped their case against him. 
Um, now, I am told, if you remember John Solomon, there are two factors here. Obama warned uh, the incoming administration about two things, North Korea and General Flynn. I am told that it may have come directly from the top itself, and that would be Obama. And I still want to know what he knew and when he knew it. Have you heard the same? And that even people that he thinks are close to them, him might be talking. If you just put the timetable together, uh, Sean, and you see that President Obama makes this comment to President Trump, and then all of these other elements follow after that comment. You've got the intercept of Kislyak, the leak of the Kislyak transcript, the uh, investigating him as a Russian agent, closing it down, but then having the case uh, forcibly remain open, then setting up the interview, uh, and then prosecuting him, uh, talking about the Logan Act. All of those things occurred after the Obama contact with Trump. It really raises a question, and I've said this for several months now on your show, we have never been able to ask the Obama administration who knew what and when did they know it. And I think now the time, with all of these records in the public now, it's time for Barack Obama, Susan Rice, and other senior officials, John Brennan, James Clapper, to answer what did they know about this effort to get Mike Flynn. And then we have the infamous meeting in the Oval Office uh, that was later memorialized weeks later, weeks later by Susan Rice. Greg Jarrett, we only have about 25 seconds. Yeah, uh, President Obama, Vice President uh, Biden, Susan Rice, James Comey, others in this meeting. And only after that meeting uh, does this scheme uh, be put in place by the FBI to uh, lay a perjury trap for Flynn to get rid of him, to prosecute him. So, yeah, I right, think... Stay there, Obama stay there. Greg Jarrett, has, has when we come back, what crimes by who need to be investigated, who belongs uh, getting indicted. We'll get to that. And what's Adam Schiff's future in all of this? Straight ahead. All right, 25 now until the top of the hour. So the uh, salon uh, owner who was, you know, thrown in jail uh, by this ridiculous, you apologize to your government or you're going to jail. Well, um, sorry, uh, I'm not apologizing uh, because feeding my family and I have people that work for me uh, that don't have any money, uh, and they're doing it at a distance. Anyway, she'll be on Hannity tonight. Also, Sydney, there is apparently something going on in court right now. We'll have the an update on all of that um, uh, tonight on Hannity, 9 Eastern. I mean, we're loaded up. The great one, Mark Levin, Sydney Powell tonight, the salon owner. What a shame. Thank God the governor, attorney general, and, and the lieutenant governor went to bat for her. Uh, Don Jr. tonight. We'll have the latest with Solomon and Greg, who join us now. Uh, Greg Jarrett and John Solomon. Uh, before we get to what crimes need to be investigated of who, um, I want to ask you, uh, John Solomon, uh, we now understand that Rick Grinnell, the DNI, is now mandated that what it previously was supposed to be released, transcripts, and this would include, I'll let you make the list, a lot of Obama people, uh, that they're now finally going to be released. What do we expect to find in them? And if we make a timeline of what we know, what we'll learn that Schiff was hearing at the time versus what he was saying publicly at the time, I'm pretty confident the congenital liar is going to be exposed as the congenital liar. And then one has to wonder what the repercussions of that would be. 
Yeah, listen, you're going to get everybody from the obvious people, Carter Page and George Papadopoulos and folks like that, to, you know, Susan Rice and, and people inside the uh, Obama administration. I think the single most important uh, transcript that we should all look at if and when these get released by uh, Director Grinnell or by Adam Schiff is that of Andy McCabe. He's a major figure in today's court filing. And knowing what he knew, did he know there was collusion? Did he know there was no collusion? That is going to be a major revelation in, in these transcripts. And I think it will drive a lot of the conversation as soon as they're made public. Uh, I think all of that is true, but we'll be able to do a timeline and show the American people that this guy, Schiff, is everything we've known about him. Yeah, absolutely. In fact, I started that timeline yesterday with the story that uh, Adam Schiff may be Russia declassification's biggest loser. I go through 10 statements that are already demonstrably false. I think we're going to find more as we go through these transcripts and we realize how much Adam Schiff knew that his narrative was falling apart and how little he was honest with the American public about that. We've gone through a lot uh, together, all of us. Uh, Greg Jarrett, you've had two best-selling books on this topic. We've known this for a long time, that there's this mountain of evidence. Boy, justice can be slow, and that's that's painful, especially if you're living through it, like, you know, in the case of Roger Stone or Paul Manafort or uh, George Papadopoulos or General Flynn. Now the question is, now we know they abuse power. Now we know with the scope memo, we know that, in fact, that they charged or gave investigative powers on things that they know were not true. We know that in July of 2018 that the FBI was still defending the use of the debunked dossier, something that they had known that was debunked in February of 2017. July of 2018, they're still defending the FISA court premeditated fraud. I don't know what that says about the director Ray, but more importantly, who are the people that you would be looking at if you're John Durham and what crimes would you be looking at them having committed? Well, for there are three categories, the FISA warrants, the Flynn case and the overall Russia investigation. So for the latter, the overall investigation, uh, wrongfully and uh, illegitimately launching the investigation without evidence you're looking at people like Comey, McKay, Peter Strzok, Lisa Page, James Baker, uh, Brennan, Clapper, Glenn Simpson of Fusion GPS, and, of course, Christopher Steele. Uh, potential charges would be deprivation of rights under color of law. They, they violated people's constitutional rights. You're looking at fraud, conspiracy to defraud, false statements, perjury, the Flynn case, which we've been talking about today, anybody involved in that, that's Comey, McCabe, Strzok, Joe Pienka, Lisa Page, and Mueller's prosecutors like Van Grack. You're looking at obstruction of justice, making false statements, perjury to a court, deprivation of rights under color of law. So all of those things, I believe John Durham is looking at very closely for the FISA warrants, that's fairly obvious. Anybody who signed them, Comey, Yates, Dana Buente, McCabe, Rosenstein, they're all at risk for defrauding the court, for lying to the court, which is perjury, obstruction of justice, and again, deprivation of rights under color of law, also known as abuse of power. So, you know, it'll be very interesting to see uh, where Durham goes and who he decides to charge. Where is Clapper and... And Brennan in this equation? Well, they could be involved in a conspiracy to defraud. They could, 
uh, be involved in perjury, because remember, they testified uh, several times, and there's some indication that they may have testified falsely. That's perjury. So, you know, they're at risk. Okay. Now, let me go to the scope memo and ask John Solomon this. Um, Okay, you have the unredacted scoping memo showing that in August of 2017, John Solomon, Rod Rosenstein, he approves an investigation of Carter Page allegations that could only have come from one source. What did the Grassley, Graham, and Nunes memo say? That the bulk of information in all of the FISA warrants were the unverified, unverifiable, that they were warned about before the first warrant, uh, not to use or trust, uh, now debunked as of February of 2017, uh, Steele dossier. So they knew in February of 2017 that the dossier was dead. They were warned before the first FISA application numerous times, Kathleen Kavlak and Bruce Orr and others. There were about five warnings that they ignored, but they used it anyway. It says verified. It's unverifiable. It's even debunked. So the question is, by the time we get to the scope memo, Rod Rosenstein, who signed the final FISA application, he should have known for sure because that, like the third one with Comey signing, you know, both those instances, they knew that the subsource, if you will, had denied or contradicted on three occasions, completely undercut the Steele dossier. So they knew it was false. Yeah, listen, that is the that is the now the storyline of the Mueller Comey investigation of Russia. The continuation and the pursuit of people in the face of evidence of their innocence. We have today the admission by the Justice Department that they didn't even have a lawful reason to investigate uh, Flynn or to interview him, and yet they proceeded all the way to charging him. We learned that George Papadopoulos made statements to an informant that uh, he was not involved and wasn't interested in getting the Hillary Clinton emails because he thought it would be treason or illegal, improper. They still pursued an investigation and and, uh, charged him. And now you go and you realize that we, uh, Rod Rosenstein appointed a special prosecutor, Robert Mueller, on an allegation that the FBI already knew was false, the Carter Page allegations. When by the time that scoping memo was written, as I documented yesterday, uh, the FBI had determined every aspect of the Carter Page allegations were false, inaccurate, and they knew Carter Page was a CIA asset. This is the story of Russia collusion, using the government's crushing power to pursue people, even though the evidence pointed to their innocence. I see that Adam Schiff is in a, a full freakout panic mode on Twitter. Trump's campaign invited Russia help, made full use of Russia help, then covered it up. He's out of his mind because the only one that we know bought and paid for Russian disinformation, even the New York Times acknowledged, was Hillary Clinton. And yeah. uh, the New York Times finally got on board late in the game after the whole Russia phony collusion thing fell apart. Well, now that raises questions because we also found out recently, Greg Jarrett, that in fact there were meetings with Steele or contact with Steele in the DNC and with Hillary's campaign. Is that not true? Oh, it is totally true. Uh, The lawyers representing the Clinton campaign and the DNC had meetings with Steele. Uh, We know that Steele met with Hillary allies, some of whom were still at the uh, Department of State. Uh, other under John Kerry, but they were Hillary Clinton allies and other people associated with her campaign. So, you know, look, this all began because the Clinton campaign 
uh, and the Democratic National Committee commissioned opposition research that turned out to be bogus Russian disinformation composed by Christopher Steele, which has been totally discredited. And the FBI knew this the very month that Trump uh, was sworn into office. They hid and concealed that information, uh, and they pursued him, even though they knew there was no credible evidence. They hid it from the FISA court. They hid it from the White House. They hid it from the American public. Uh, the, the, after Comey was fired, the special counsel, Bob Mueller, was appointed illegitimately. You have to have some evidence of a crime first. They had none. There never should have been an FBI investigation, much less a special counsel. Unbelievable corruption at an incredible level. I mean, it's really amazing. Um, I'm not so sure. I mean, both of you have doubted there'd be indictments. Do you think there will be now John Solomon? Listen, what I've said is I think there may be a small number, but not a large sweeping number. If they occur, they're going to be in this summer. Uh, early this summer, I think, is the timing. There's a lot of activity going on right now that point towards the building of an indictment, but I don't think you're going to see a large, large number. I think you're going to see a, a combination of, a, of accountability, disciplinary action, maybe actions against certain law licenses. But how is that possible what, what, when they look, look, what was Roger Stone about? It was a process crime. Uh, they dug out a, a, a case that was a dead case on Manafort. Uh, look what they did to this kid, Papadopoulos. Even Michael Cohn, for crying out loud. I mean, they, they had to dig deep. and But this was really a, a coup attempt against the president. They didn't first. This was the insurance plan that Strzok and Page were talking about, wasn't it? Absolutely. And Greg's book has done the best job. The two books together really show what a political coup uh, was being pulled off using the assets of the intelligence community, the law enforcement community. Uh, people should go back. When you read those two books, you realize he had it two years before the Justice Department caught up to him. And uh, now we have to understand the consequences here and how we stop this from happening again. And, and punishment is clearly one of those deterrents that we have to see happen, or this is not a complete chapter, not a complete story. Unbelievable. Great job, both of you. Uh, we will have full coverage on Hannity tonight. It's been three-plus years, guys. You've done an amazing job. I want to thank you both, Greg Jarrett and uh, John Solomon. I, I tip my hat to both of you. We wouldn't be here. We had a very small group of us. Everyone else in the mob and the media, they went one way. They were wrong. Everything we reported was dead-on accurate, if anything, worse than what we thought. We appreciate you being with us. My pleasure. Um, thank you. We'll have full coverage of this. The great one, Mark Levin tonight, Sidney Powell, the attorney for General Flynn, Don Jr., Lindsey Graham, uh, Greg and John will be on. This salon owner, this poor lady down in Dallas, what they did to her is just unbelievable. Um, I, I can't even believe it happened. You know, I've been saying now, I, I've gone through a whole list of, of things about where we are as a country at this moment in time, and it's not good. I'm sitting there, and I, I wrote this book, Live Free or Die, uh, America and the World on the Brink. Why did I write? Because I see what's happened. We now are watching 99% of a mob mentality. Russia, wrong. You know, everything they've said about Flynn, wrong. Everything they've said about all of these other people, wrong. Premeditated fraud, FISA abuse, uh, the way they lied to these courts, how they knew, but they went forward with a witch hunt. It was a witch hunt. It was a hoax. These were conspiracy theories. 
And I look at the Democratic Party, the shifts of the world, the Pelosi's of the world, the fake news CNNs, the MSDNCs. They never admit their hypocrisy. It's madness. They're beyond repulsive. They lie with abandon. You know, they, they don't even join forces when we kill Soleimani or we're dealing with a national pandemic. They don't care. Their job, their focus is just hating Trump. You know, it's Trump saves New York and they don't even give him credit for that. He gets all the ventilators, builds the hospitals, mans the hospitals, gets all the PPE, no credit. Democrats, up is down, down is up. They impeach Trump, quid pro quo, but ignore Joe. Russian interference, but they don't care about Hillary's dirty dossier. Obstruction, but not Hillary's uh, deleted subpoena emails. I believe, but not the accusers of Joe. I mean, they care about civil liberties, but they don't care that a presidential candidate was spied on. Anyway, that's why I wrote the book. Um, I know Mother's Day is coming up on Sunday. We have created a beautiful gift card, commemorative box set, live free or die. You get it to give mom a beautiful card. And it's a special commemorative first run edition of the book upon release, which is soon because we're wrapping it up and we're adding all these new details. But if you want to do it, we put it up on Hannity.com. You can link there. You can check out Amazon.com, but you can't get the first edition commemorative set there. All right. And the good thing is, Sean, just remind, you know, the audience, you know, the good thing is, is that you can do this Sunday morning. You can print it out yeah, at I home. Know. By the way, you, oh, you mean it, people you like know? me? The, yeah, the last some, minute you know, procrastinators. Hannity.com. You wake up Sunday morning. You're like, uh-oh. I didn't get anything from mom. Quick, let me you get know? this from, from Hannity.com. I'm, I'm telling really you, and it's beautiful. It's really, really nice, Sean. It's, and it couldn't be more prevalent. If we don't win this election mm-hmm. in 180 days, America as we know it is done. 100%. What they've done here, and I talk all about it, is it is beyond comprehension that it can happen in America.